mic on. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Seriously, guys. Yes? Okay. So I'll talk from here instead of over there. Okay. You're set. Good. I'll swallow the I'm a sucker for candles lit in a darkened church. I love it. I think it's beautiful. There's that it's kind of little twinge of scariness, right? At the beginning. You're in this darkened church. You don't know who's sitting next to you. Uh, and and then the, the, the light starts, right? The people come handing the candles along, and you, you light up, and slowly but surely, you see the outline of the person next to you. And, and you're kind of, wow, okay. And then, and then the light continues, and, and it never gets really bright, but there's this sense that we're all in this together. This, these flickering lights, all in this together. But I have to share with you what happened. I really love the Easter Vigil. It's my favorite service of the whole year. Again, because of the candles. One year, I said to my kids, okay, I know you guys, they were teenagers by then, you guys don't like getting up early in the morning to go to church on Easter Sunday. So, you can come to the Easter Vigil. And so, had these kids. Now, some of you may not know, I have four children, three boys and a girl. My daughter is quite tiny, but my guys are hulking huge. <laughs> they are. Anybody who knows my kids will tell you. They are hulking huge. So, my guys are there. You know, we have the new fire at the back, and the big Paschal candle comes down, and the lights get sent out, and everybody gets, and it's a beautiful service. And at the end of it, they said to me, Mom, we're never going to that service again. It scared us. It was so many evil. We're never going. And I went, oh, man. You know, the things you think it's going to love. Anyway, so there is that kind of the scary, a bit of scariness in the dark and all that. And so it was it really exciting for me to find out that today, when we are celebrating the presentation of the Lord in the temple, that it actually has another name, which is Candle Mass. Go figure! didn't know that. And I got my handy-dandy book of occasional services out. Admittedly, this is the American version, not the Canadian. And what do you know? There is a candle mass procession. Well, I thought to myself, we are getting totally ripped off here. We're not doing that procession. But this began in the 4th century, actually, where um, there was a procession through the church of, of candlelight, and people would bring their candles to the church to be blessed. 
so that there would be sort of good fortune to folks throughout the year as they use the candles. Now, i got to share with you, though, one tradition from France that slayed me. Okay, the deal in France is that you make crepes on candle mass. So you have the pan with the crepe in one hand and a gold coin in the other hand, and you got to flip the crepe and get it right back into the pan perfectly, and then, guess what, folks? You are going to have a wonderful year. It's going to be fabulous. I'm just going, oh dear, it landed on the ceiling. So we have this, this whole idea of the candles and that, that sense of, of light coming into the darkness. And then I said to myself, why would you ever put a slew of candles with a story about Jesus with his mom and daddies, a tiny little baby born up to the temple? did not make a lot of sense to me. So, let's look at the story, because as you look at the story, it starts to click, right? Why it's like that. So Mary and Joseph and the baby go up to the temple. And you need to know a bit about the Jewish laws around childbirth and, and early infancy. If a woman who had born a son was considered unclean because she had come in touch with blood giving birth, uh, and so she needed to stay secluded for 40 days after the baby was born. Now, if by chance she had a girl, she had to stay double. So. You can tell they didn't think much of this. Anyway, so when the 40 days were complete, the woman would go up to the temple and she would uh, go through a ritual purification where she would uh, have a, uh, a bath to clean away the uncleanness. But also at the same time, the baby, who was the firstborn son, would be dedicated to God at the same time. So the story today that we have is of the story of what every Jewish family would do when they had a firstborn son born to them. They would wait the 40 days and then off they would go up to the temple. The mom would go and get cleansed and the, the family would then dedicate the child. So, you know, you can imagine that this was happening pretty commonly. You know, families coming in, families going. And we have the figure of Simeon, who is this devout elderly man who has been told by God that he would not die before seeing the Messiah. And we hear, you know, I think about it waking up that morning, right? Figuring it's going to be the same kind of day as every other day. And 
and he goes to the temple, and this family comes with this baby in their arms. And Simeon takes the child into his arms and blesses the child and also sings this, a song. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Now, also at the same time is a woman named Anna, who has been a, a woman who has been a woman of faith for most of the 84 years of her life, and she has, has sees this child and also recognizes, like Simeon, that this baby is the Messiah, that this one is different from all the other babies that have come and gone through the temple. And so they both recognize and, and see the light, see the light. So we have this story and also the, the uh, other part of the story that is, makes candles be the sort of theme of it is the Song of Simeon. Now the Song of Simeon is also called the Nuntimittis. And that, those are the Latin words for the word now dismissed. And the Nuntimittis has been used in worship since the 4th century. It was used in evening worship and has a tradition in the Anglican tradition of being a part of even song. It's often sung. Uh, it's used also in Compline and in Vespers. And the, the, this use of this Song of Simeon through the centuries means that these words are heard every year, at least at the presentation, but also any time that even song is done. You hear these words, a light for the nations, of the glory of uh, your people Israel. And, and so they have grown deeper and deeper into our consciousness as to who Jesus is. Jesus the Messiah is the light that has come. And so it's not surprising that we've got this idea that candles and the light coming into the darkness gets totally linked up with this story of Jesus' presentation. Now, the, uh, an interesting other little tidbit that I discovered as I was preparing for this is that in the Eastern Orthodox Church, the name for the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord is the Encounter. The Encounter. And I went, wow, is that cool or what? You might be saying, why did she say that? Okay, the reason it's cool is because we have Simeon and Anna encountering 
the Messiah. They are the first to recognize who this little baby is. You've got this, this uh, frail little old guy and this frail older woman, and they're holding this babe in their arms, and they're recognizing that something new is happening. And that idea of let there be light, the beginning of this creation story, God says, let there be light. And, and in our, the prologue to the Gospel of John, we hear about the word that comes into the world that is light to the nations. That the Messiah will be the light. And so we have this sense in which humanity is encountering the divine. And that in that encounter, there is light being shed and understanding and grace and wisdom. And so we have this, this idea that that encounter that happened with Simeon and Anna in the temple with Jesus is an encounter that is an invitation to all of us that we too can encounter the Lord, the Messiah, in our lives at any point. The Messiah can come to us and be uh, shed light upon us. Now, when you think about uh, candles and, and the light, it's not only that you receive the light, it is that you bear the light. That you are in a physical manner, when you're in a service with candles, you are bearing the light. You've got the candle right in front of you. But you're also bearing the light. The light is within you. And that you are radiant with that light. That you shine with that light. And when you leave the service, you are shining. All of you are shining with the light of Christ within. And that that light that you're shining with gets shared. Gets shared with the world. Because that's how the world is transformed. By the light being shone upon the dark little nooks and crannies of our world so that transformation can occur. And that there is that sense in which light refines. We heard about that, the refiner's fire, the purification, that light as it's shed upon the world transforms it, purifies it, refines it, refines us. Yeah, for sure. It refines us. And so as we, as we uh, are, are going forward this year, I pray for all of us that we will have that experience of encountering the divine in big and little ways. 
You know, a lot of times people figure that when, when God comes into their life, it's going to be some big splashy thing, you know, like, like you've, you've been a, 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 a person who's been suffering with maybe addiction or, or some terrible thing, and God comes into your life and it's all beautiful. No, no. God comes in myriad of ways into our life. And, and that we can discover and meet the divine in, in light striking the snow. You know, it doesn't have to be splashy. It can be something tiny, little. So we began our, our, our time together talking about candles. Think about candles. You've got that tiny little flame, right? It's very, it's very uh, fragile. It's, it's, you just have to breathe hard and it's gone, right? And yet, when you put together flames bound together, you have a conflagration of fire, fire that is able to transform the world. And then you think about that tiny little baby in Simeon's arms. Like, there they are, the old, old tradition of the Jewish faith and this tiny baby that's beginning a new, a new thing, a new creation. And yet, and both of them are fragile. Both of them can be blown away in the breath of something. And yet, and yet, that baby changed the course of the world. Imagine what we can do if we bear Christ's light within ourselves and share it with the world. I'd like to just finish up with the prayer that's 